welcome back to the Purple Fufu Podcast. We hope you had a great holiday season, and we're really sorry we missed you. It's uh, it's been a while, but the uh, the holidays kept us busy, and we're just glad to be back. But man, we missed a lot. I'm here with uh, with my co-host Bryce tonight at PFF Rager season. How are we doing tonight? Uh, you know, I'm good. It's been like you said, it's been a long two weeks, but uh. Yeah, it's just been a crazy holiday season. I know for not only us two, but for uh, Boof and uh, Slimeball. Uh, so unfortunately, it might just be us two tonight, but that's okay because uh, life goes on, and we'll be we'll be fine to talk about <laughs> these uh, two games that we got to witness. And I feel like, to me, honestly, they were two completely different games, like one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, I agree. The the first one was just the most up and down roller coaster of emotions I think I've felt all season. Um, right. I was at that game. I was with uh, Slimeball. I was with a lot of other people from Vikings Twitter. If I saw you there, it's so good to see you. Just to clarify, <laughs> this is the Colts game, correct? This is the Colts game, yep. Okay, yeah. Um, And I met up with everybody at halftime. And if you recall, the Vikings were down... 33 to zero at halftime. Now I, I struggled to put into words, the vibe that was going around. It was kind of a mix between just like total defeat and like unbridled rage. I think I was leaning more towards like just totally defeated, but I don't, I don't even know. It, it's, it was nothing like we felt this season before. I feel like, I guess maybe right. the Cowboys game, but we, we knew that the Cowboys were good. We should have beat the brakes off this Colts team, you know? Yeah. So I unfortunately had to work like on that <laughs> Saturday that we had the Colts game. Granted, I was watching it on my iPad because we were super slow, but I texted our podcast group chat. I texted our other group chat and I texted my mom at halftime. I said 33 to nothing. We are cooked. There's no coming back from this. And I was like, I'm just going to turn my iPad off and just like do something else during the rest of the game. I am really glad to say I did not turn my iPad off because the second half of that team, I don't know what the hell happened in the locker room, but that second half team was completely different than the first half team. And I don't know why that team couldn't have been there the whole game. Because this absolutely could have been like a week one uh, Packers blowout game if that second half team showed up for the first half. Yeah, see, it's so hard to know without being in the locker room, you know, pregame, but like even in practice, because like you said, this should have been a pretty easy game for the Vikings to win. They they had the advantage in key matchups, but they still went down 33 to nothing at halftime. And it's not like there were any like striking moments like in the Cowboys game that Micah Parsons strip sack on the first drive that was one where it felt like ooh that's just going to deflate the team they're really like am I forgetting was there a moment like the, that the blocked punt that put it up 14 to nothing on our I think it was our second drive and we were punting from like our 10 or something I might be wrong on that yardage wait wait a second wait a second but there was a blocked punt that like either that brought it 14 to nothing or 17 to nothing. I don't remember what it was, but at that moment I was just like, no, it's going to be one of these games. Disregard everything I just said. 
this was the game with the pick six with the fumble recovery yep. touchdown and the okay okay yep no never mind never mind i was i take back everything i just said uh <laughs> forget <laughs> yeah, it yeah because because according to one of our listeners he's gonna say you don't know ball and i feel like you know exactly who i'm talking about yeah it's simple ryan I'm, I'm airing it out right here bro <laughs> i know ball uh come fight me come find me i have no memory of anything beyond uh the past five days so that's yeah, my excuse i honestly it's hard for me to recall a lot of like the first half of that colts game but the second mm-hmm. half i feel like i can remember a lot specifically actually two moments stick out to me in the first half and the second half the first one was the chandon sullivan fumble return that was called back in the first half that was kind of like an iffy like okay i could see why it wasn't a fumble what whatever but the second one was clearly a fumble recovery touchdown and that if he would have scored there there would have been no reason that we that game would have went to overtime in my mind oh yeah if they did if they didn't overturn that call well the second one i mean not, not the second the first one was also in the second half right I, no i i think it was in the first half i i'm pretty sure because it would have been like 21 7 or something i don't know okay gotcha i mean i could be wrong it was a gotcha. lot it was like two weeks yeah ago. <laughs> yeah um like we're just looking at the box score here we yeah <laughs> there's been a whole christmas in between <laughs> then and now uh, there's been a whole Vikings game between then and now. We're kind of just <laughs> we're sending it right now. But uh, okay, so the the first one I remember was called back because of a supposed stop forward momentum. Mm-hmm. I hated that so so much because there was no stop forward forward momentum. He was still moving. He was still fighting for yards. Right. Don't blow the play dead, man. What are you doing? Yeah, well, we've we've witnessed that the refs have kind of tried to screw the Vikings over. So not only have they have had to like play an actual team, they've also had to been playing against really bad calling. And I hate being that guy. But in the last couple of games, we've seen really bad calling. So, yeah, I think I tweeted about it. It it was literally (laughs) a 17 point swing, like 17 tangible, actual points were removed from the Vikings scoreline because of the referees incorrect calls you know yeah no that first half of that Colts game it's just like kind of like oh okay it kind of happened but then like the second half came around and we're like holy shit is this gonna happen (laughs) and then I was like there's no way there's no way we're gonna come back from 33 nothing and then lo and behold there they go doing what they do best winning one score games (laughs) right see the second half for me being at the game, I didn't cheer very much because every single one, it's like, oh, they're just setting me up to get disappointed. Oh, there's another touchdown. Like, it's going to be that much worse when we lose by, oh, what is it, eight points now? Oh, they're tied. Oh, well, hmm, well we're going to lose it. We're going to blow it somehow. Yeah, whatever. And even like down to the end when Greg Joseph was lining up for that game winning field goal, it's like, he's going to miss this, man. We're going to tie this game, the biggest comeback in NFL history, and we're going to tie it. And then he didn't. You know, kind of left the building with good vibes. So yeah, you know, I got to give credit where credits due, and I and I hate doing this, but like I'm eating crow on Greg Joseph. I said he wasn't very good because after like those first couple of weeks, but he's like a silent killer now. He just like goes out and kicks the fucking ball, and he does a great job. I'm gonna knock on wood so that way, in case anything happens, 
It's not mm-hmm. on the Purple Fufu podcast. Yep. I'm not going to comment on the last time that he missed, but you're right. He has been effective to this point. He's just done the job asked of him, and I hope that he mm-hmm. can continue that. But uh, no more comment on that because we're not going to be responsible for that. No. Jinx. Yeah. Yep. Um, I wanted to give out some other props uh, to some players. Um, Dalvin Cook, if you remember, he had a pretty good day on the ground. He had 95 mm-hmm. yards over 17 carries. He also had that house screen pass touchdown. Oh, my God. Um, He went four receptions, 95 yards. He had a really nice day. He has. And, you know, I was I'm still kind of in that boat of like trade him mm-hmm. or cut him if he doesn't like want to have a team friendly deal. But after seeing him these last couple of games, I'm like, oh, my God, he's still kind of got something left in his tank. Like if, if he'll take a team friendly deal, I would absolutely keep him next season. That's just me after these last couple of games, because I will say I thought he's washed. And then I like go back and look at the box scores. I'm like, oh, he had over 100 total yards this this game. Okay, All right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I know there's been a lot of chatter on Twitter about cutting him or trading him after the season. They're not going to. I really hate to be the bearer of bad news to some of you. But he brings a lot more to the team than just his rushing yards. And I know for a fact that the coaching staff really values those things. He is undeniably the leader on that offense. He He's 27, but he is absolutely a veteran. He's a guy that the younger dudes look up to. <laughs> and whenever you see team huddles or uh, like important moments for the team, he's always at the middle of it. And I know for a fact that Kevin O'Connell sees that and he knows the value that that brings to the team. In addition to that, he's really good at run blocking. I was just going to bring that up if you weren't going to mention it. Because like I'll go back and watch the All-22 sometimes or like the field access videos that the Vikings drop. And I'm like, okay, Delvin had a nasty run block again. Wow. And I think year after year, his run blocking has gotten a lot better. Or mm-hmm. his pass blocking, not run blocking. But yeah. yeah, his pass blocking has gotten better over the years. And I would absolutely agree with you. I think everybody... I know everybody loves him in that locker room and you can tell the difference with this coaching regime and last coaching regime, how much of a difference like it brings to not only like the players, but the captains themselves. And it just like allows them to be themselves and speak their mind without being reprimanded. And I love that. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, the the run block or the, the pass blocking, the value that he brings as a leader the vibes that he brings to that locker room, <laughs> he's sticking around. So yeah. good job, Dalvin Cook, that day. Um, yeah. There were a couple more that I wanted to shout out. KJ Osborne, he had a career day against the Colts. Yeah, yeah, dude. Uh, if KJ can keep playing like that, I think it could be a solid wide receiver three in our offense. Probably not a wide receiver two. Sorry to break break it to you guys, but I think he's a viable wide receiver three. He's a good slot option. He brings a lot to the table. Yeah, no, shout out to KJ. He's silently been having better games these last these last stretch of games. Yeah, and we'll get into the the Giants game next episode. Mm-hmm. Um, he unfortunately had a pretty quiet day against the Giants, but I mean his production wasn't dropped it was picked up by tj hawkinson who had a huge like volume day so what the the colts game says to me is that kj osborne can step up in those moments that he has to 
and mm-hmm. deliver that volume when he has to. And it, it's been few and far between, especially after the Hawkinson edition and, you know, the whole JJ2K thing. Right. But um, I don't know. I liked what I saw. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like we've seen that over, like, obviously not his rookie year because that was just atrocious. But his last year and this season, like, even that, I think it was the Carolina game, he had that walk-off touchdown for us last season. Mm-hmm. And like I, I will, I will agree with you. Like when his numbers like called upon, he like brings it to the table. So I like that. I don't know. It's it's really cool to see him step up like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I had one other guy that I wanted to give props on. You might have this guy as well, or um, others. But uh, I wanted to shout out Shannon Sullivan. Um, mm. He has admittedly struggled a lot this season, but against the Colts, he was where he needed to be. Yeah. Um, He had both of those huge plays taken from him. But like I said, he made those plays when he had to, and they should have produced those results, but they didn't. And if I recall, he did a a decent job in coverage. I mean, like looking at the box score here, none of these receivers on the Colts really did anything like Michael Pittman, 10 receptions for 60 yards was their best guy right. of the day like that's that's not that much and i mean i guess shout out to chan and sullivan but he wasn't the only one doing that that was the whole secondary that was a great effort from him right yeah and i like that's the thing i when i look back at that Colts game i'm like it wasn't even matt ryan that like that was the reason they scored 33 points and i will eat crow on my matt ryan take <laughs> i'll i'll absolutely admit that was a bad take on my part i just felt like that going into the game but I'm glad I was wrong. But yeah, the bot, the final score does not indicate how Matt, how much Matt Ryan struggled. He had one touchdown, and that was like a flat, like a flat route touchdown, because somebody picked Eric Kendricks or something. I don't remember, but I know yeah. it was a flat route. But it was literally it was, a one yard pass to the running back. Yep. <laughs> and so when everybody's like, "Oh my God, the Vikings almost lost to Matt Ryan," I said, "No." The Vikings almost lost to the their the Colts defense and special teams. Yep. Yeah. Um, like you kind of got at it. The defense as a whole did pretty well, um, mm-hmm. which is baffling by look at looking at this scoreline. But if you take out the pick six and the fumble and the punt return or the punt block, they only allowed 14 points, right? Yeah. Um, am I missing something? 36 minus 21. I guess that's 15. <laughs> whatever yeah yeah the, the defense has stepped up really these last two games mm-hmm. um now i can't, i don't i haven't seen the tape that much against the giants um i know that it wasn't as good because daniel jones cooked us but against the colts um they tried a lot of cover one and they had uh duke shelley in i believe he was in boundary and he succeeded in that role and yeah. it, it really shut down the Colts passing attack. And we've, we've kind of talked about this. We talked about it in the uh, pregame show. Um, the Colts are not a formidable passing offense. Matt Ryan is no. cooked and Michael Pittman jr. Is not a scary receiving threat as their wide receiver one, nope. but their number was called and they did their job. Yeah. Yeah. And also like to go along with uh, the Duke Shelley thing, I'm going to mention uh, our D, uh, backup D tackle, Chris Tonga, yes. whatever his name is. He's like balled out when his number has been called upon too. 
And I just want to give a shout out to Mr. Ryan Poles, the GM of the <laughs> Chicago Bears, for cutting both Duke Shelley and Chris Tonga because they've like been really good for us as of late. Yeah. So absolutely. Ryan Poles taking the North, actually <laughs> giving the North. Much yeah. appreciated. <laughs> yeah. Chris Tonga, like, I think even the, during the Giants game, he had a pretty good game, too. Um, but we'll get more into that in the next episode. But, I mean, I know at first he struggled, but I don't know what it is. Like, maybe they just, like, are getting ready for the playoffs. Because, like, these last, well, maybe not the Colts game, but definitely the Giants game. Again, we'll get into that. It felt like a playoff game to me. Yeah, I would say the Giants game definitely felt like a playoff game, especially towards the end of it. It felt like they really took it seriously. Yeah. yeah. Um something that's been talked about a lot for both this Colts game and the Giants game is that on both offense and defense, uh, we're going to see a lot of experimentation in Mm -hmm. scheme and play calling because we want to figure out what's going to work and what's not uh, leading into it. Yeah. And I know you and I have had this conversation, um, not on Twitter, but in our text messages or whatever, you and I are both very emotional game day tweeters. (laughs) (laughs) And so when we see these experimental plays, I hate like seeing them because I want to win the games, obviously. But like in my mind, I'm just like, yeah, they probably are experimenting, but not not on when you're a fucking third and one go just or fourth and one, whatever it was, <laughs> where they had a deep shot yeah. for for the fourth down conversion. And I was like, oh man, what are we doing? But I mean, we have a playoff lock. The lowest we'll get is three, so they're totally fine with experimenting. Yeah, I'm. I'm really glad that the listeners at home can't see my uh, group chat texts during the game. <laughs> um, I won't say much. All I will say is, uh, Kevin, if you ever see those texts, I'm really sorry. I, <laughs> my emotions got the better of me. Um, I I appreciate that you're experimenting now and not in the playoffs. <laughs> Find what works for you, man. Do your thing. Don't listen to me ever. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to mention what he said, Kevin, but I had your back. I had your back. Don't worry. And he was right. <laughs> as long as you don't pull a Brandon Staley in the playoffs, that's all I care about. <laughs> Brandon Staley. I I don't even know what to think about that guy. They they made the playoffs. Uh, but they're they're gonna be a one and done. I'm sorry if we yep. have any Charger listeners, because I know we're gonna have people say the Vikings are one and done. I don't know about that. We'll get into that later, I'm sure. But Chargers are absolutely one and done. Like their defense is good, but their offense is kind of ass. Yeah, I I feel bad about it too. Jay Herbo is one of my favorite players. Yeah, but. That team is kind of bad, dude. Brandon Staley's kind of bad. I don't, he's, I don't. I think he's on the hot seat, dude. See, I thought he was going to be on the hot seat, but then he made the playoffs again. And uh, like, like you said, they're going to be a one and done. If they get blown out, then I might, I could see them making a change. But uh, I don't know. I feel like he's won too many games to get fired yeah. just yet. He's still really young. He's still pretty fresh. That's yeah. All I'm saying is if he is fired before Cliff Kingsbury, there's something oh wrong God. with the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> I would be extremely surprised if Cliff Kingsbury made it pla- made it past Black Monday. I think Cliff was getting shielded by Steve Keim, who yep. was getting shielded by that owner. And Steve Keim stepped 
down for health reasons. (laughs) Whatever the case, he's out of the picture now. Adrian Wilson, the like the hot GM prospect, he's in there now. I don't think Cliff Kingsbury is here next season. No, I I think like I've watched obviously when they are in prime time. I've seen a couple of the Cardinals games, and uh, like I could just see Kyler Murray yelling at Cliff, and I'm like, this is a very bad relationship. Like, how how is this gonna? This is just gonna hinder your success of your franchise. So yeah, yeah. exactly. Anyways, yeah, I think uh, I don't know. To wrapping up, wrap up that Colts game, man. Just like. The first half and the second half just felt completely different. Even that second half, the second half felt like a playoff game to me. That entire second half, because our defense really kind of balled out for that second half. Mm-hmm. Final thoughts, anyways. Yeah, I th- I don't know. It's hard to pull any judgments, to be honest, from that Colts game in particular. Just because 33 points in the first half, man, that's yeah. so strange. And it was against the Colts. They're a bad team. 21 of those points came off of like just the flukiest fluke plays ever. Like, I don't know, like the one, I guess the the one thing that I do take away um, and it's more about the team and it's something that we've seen time and time again with them. They have spectacular resolve. This team looked in the mirror down 33, nothing and decided that they were going to win this game. And then they went out and did it. And I think that's really important because when they go into the playoffs, they're going to, face a team like the 49ers or they're going to face a team like the Cowboys and they're going to probably get hit like punched in the mouth and like run up the scoreboard they'll they'll do that but then they will know within themselves that they could win this game if they dig deep yeah and I was just I was just going to put my two cents in there about playoffs I think the only team that really scares me is the 49ers if you want my honest opinion really uh I, I think the Cowboys are, if we play them again, I think the Cowboys are totally beatable. Uh, as we've seen, with if the Eagles are totally beatable, Eagles had like a super easy schedule this season. Jalen Hurts, yeah, he's a good quarterback. I'll give him props. But the Eagles don't really scare me. They beat us week two. Uh, we've been a way different team than week two. Uh, but really, the only team that scares me is San Francisco, and it's because of their defense. They have a really nasty defense. Yeah, I, I kind of have to disagree with you. I fully agree with you on the 49ers. Um, that defense is suffocating, and Nick Bosa is playing like mm-hmm. the actual MVP right now. But I think the like, I guess another point of agreement: the Cowboys. We definitely can beat the Cowboys because they're going into that game at U.S. Bank Stadium, thinking, remembering, oh, we destroyed these guys here. Mm-hmm. Like this is this will right. be easy. Um, they don't have like, they're going to just, it's going to be the same thing as, uh, when we won 40 to three, meanwhile, the Vikings on the other side are going to want to prove themselves and they're going to remember 40 to three. They're going to see that score every single day in practice. They don't want to let that happen again, especially in the playoffs. Right. And like I, like I said before the Cowboys game, I think we match up to them pretty well when both teams are on their game. I, I think it could absolutely go differently. I do think the Eagles would destroy us in the playoffs because of Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, when he's on his game, is unstoppable. I think the Eagles actually have a shot, not a shot, a very like high likelihood of beating the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. 
because not only like that offense can hang 50 on anybody, but that defense is something that the chiefs don't have, you know? Yeah. But also here's my thing. I don't think Jalen, I will agree. Jalen hurts is a very scary quarterback. Do not get me wrong, but if he's dealing with a shoulder injury, even if he, he waits at like that process to heal, you don't know how it's going to affect him in the playoffs after not throwing for weeks or whatever, how long he is. He'll be, yeah, he'll be great running because he's a great mobile quarterback. I think it would be very interesting to see how he does after not practicing after that shoulder injury. That's just my opinion. I think really the it's honestly the playoffs in the NFC are so wide open this year. I don't really know who's really a Super Bowl favorite in the NFC besides San Francisco, mm-hmm. if you want my honest opinion. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. Um, and I think the thing with Hertz is that he does need to heal and he needs to get reps in before the end of the regular season, because if he doesn't, that's going to be like a full month between the three games that he missed during the regular season and the bye week. You don't want to just jump right back into the playoffs like that. Um, That being said, if he were to do that, I still think the Eagles would like beat handily whoever they face. Cause like I said, it wouldn't be the Vikings. Um, It would, I think it could be the Cowboys. It, as of right now, I think it would be the Cowboys. Okay, but um, well, it, wait, no, because they have the they have the buy. Never mind. Yeah, yeah, it would but be whoever won the the three six game. Yeah, no, that that would be the Vikings opponent. Anyways, yeah. whatever, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think like even with Jalen Hurts like recovering, I still think they're in a really good spot to you know be a huge problem, especially for the Vikings. They're not the Vikings can't cover Devontae Smith and AJ Brown. Right. That's, yeah. that's what it comes down to. That's very true. Yeah. So. I don't know. We've been seeing, and again, we'll talk more into this in the next episode. Uh, but, but we've been seeing a lot more Daniel Hunter like lined up at the end again. And I think Ed Donatel finally realized, hey, let's put Daniel Hunter where like he shines. And boy, oh boy, if it's gonna be like this for the playoffs, I'm excited. I'm really excited. And that's weird for me to say that about our defense, but like him and Zadarius Smith have been great these last two weeks. Yeah. And I think part of that too is the fact that uh, the coverage has been just a little bit better. And the reason why it felt like those two disappeared for how like that stretch of games was because they got these opposing quarterbacks got the ball out so quickly because their receivers were always open. They didn't need to wait two, three seconds for, you know, Z Smith and Daniel Hunter to ravage their tackles. They could just sling it out immediately and get 10 yards, 10 yards, 10 yards. Whereas now quarterbacks are taking longer to get rid of the ball and they're feeling the pressure because these two players are beasts. And you're right. They can keep that up in the playoffs. And not only that, but like even Harrison Phillips and or, uh, uh, Tomlinson, Dalvin Tomlinson have been like really good for us to run blocking. Like mm-hmm. our, if our def, like I said, I just need our defense to keep clicking like this, uh, going into the playoffs. And I think we can compete with any team. Dalvin Hunt or Dalvin Tomlinson is a man after my heart. He can bring us yeah. world peace. Uh, yeah, I had something to bring up about the Giants game that you tweeted that I found so funny. <laughs> gotcha and I, and I can't wait to talk about it because dalvin tomlinson goes into it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm excited i don't i have no idea what you're talking about but 
I can't wait to find out. Um, did you have any final thoughts on the Colts game? We can, if you don't, we can wrap up this episode and get on uh, to the next one. Uh, I think JJ over the, even during the Colts game has solidified himself that he should absolutely be in the MVP conversation. Like I fully agree. Uh, he's had his number called upon time after time this season, and he needs 204 yards to break 2,000 yards in his third season with Kirk Cousins as our quarterback. And I like, I love Kirk. He's a good quarterback for the system, what we got going right now. But imagine if we had like a Justin Herbert or a Pat Mahomes type quarterback with oh Jefferson. Uh, like I'm so happy where what he's doing with Kirk Cousins, but it's just like JJ could honestly be the best wide receiver of all time when his career is all all done. The thing that excites me the most about Justin Jefferson is Quasi Dofomenza and Kevin O'Connell know his value. They know that they cannot let that man leave the building. Yep. And Kirk Cousins, he yeah, he's good. And I appreciate his time here. He's not going to be here forever. Justin right. Jefferson will be here longer than Kirk Cousins. Yep. If we see Kevin O'Connell go out and replace Kirk Cousins with a Caleb Williams or a Drake May, or a Bonex, or an Arch oh. Manning, or somebody like that. Oh my and God, just, dude. Oh my God. We could see video game numbers every single year. We could see like a LeBron level peak with this guy. Because could remind see, you, yeah. he's 23 years old. He right. hasn't reached his prime yet. And he's right. doing this, you know? And he could, honestly, he could be like Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice played what? Until he was like 40, 41, something mm-hmm. like that. And I think JJ is t- totally capable of doing that. I don't know if you've actually noticed. I noticed this last game because I don't know what it was, but JJ's like shoulder pads were like super tight this game or whatever. But JJ's kind of built like he oh, yeah. looks he looks like a twig, but that man is strong. Like mm-hmm. some of the hits he took during this Colts game, uh, like against from Stefan Gilmore, which. Fuck Stefan Gilmore for that hit hit. I'm sorry. I don't care what anybody says that he lunged for JJ. I don't care. To me, that's a helmet tailmate hit. That's how yeah. I feel personally. Um, but also JJ got his revenge when he juked the fuck out of him in the end zone in the red zone. Yeah. I, I'm not even gonna get into the Stefan Gilmore thing. Yeah. I will not dignify that discussion with my thoughts. <laughs> but <laughs> you're right justin jefferson got his revenge and i mean he he kind of just cooked them all day yeah. um the stat line reflects that he that dude is not only just built he's a freak athlete yeah among the freak athletes and he does everything essentially perfectly every single aspect of playing wide receiver you can't really find an issue with my favorite quality about him is like when shit gets really hard cousins kind of just throws up like a bunch of hospital balls for him and every single one of them he kind of just like 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 pixie dances his way out of it every (laughs) single time it's like oh my god justin's about to die and then he like spins and like runs up five yards it's like oh nice yeah i uh i'm 
shout out to Howie Roseman for thinking Jalen Rager was better than Justin Jefferson because just like imagine if Justin Jefferson was on that Eagles team now, they would oh clearly be the clear cut favorites for the Super Bowl, but he's not. So I'm really glad we have him and he's going to be a Vikings for 10 for 10 more years. I'm sorry. He's probably going to be here for at least 10 years. Not saying he's going to sign that long of a contract, but his total like years in Minnesota will expand 10 years. But uh, um, I'm so thankful we have him and JJ for 2K and uh, MVP. He's got my MVP vote. It's time for if it's going to be a quarterback, just name it the quarterback, most valuable quarterback award, not the most valuable player. Man, Jefferson and the Eagles would be truly oh. the darkest timeline. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I uh, I have a take that I'll preview here that uh, Howie Roseman is the best general manager in American sports. And the fact that he passed on Justin Jefferson, I love it. It makes that take a lot harder to justify a lot of a lot more hoops that I have to jump through for that. But <laughs> <laughs> we don't now, care about takes. We care about the best wide vibes. receiver in the past 20 years being on the Minnesota Vikings. And not only that, we we got their wide receiver they drafted now, too. So that there makes it go. even better. <laughs> there you go. Thank you, Howie. All right. Yeah. Do you have any final thoughts before we wrap up this part of the episode? I'll just say that, you know, when this team looks in the mirror, when they look at each other, they look at the man on the left and on the right to them, and they believe that they can win, they will win. That's all I'll say. That's yep. all I'll say. Yes. All right, that about does it for the Colts review. Uh, we're really sorry once again that this came so late after the Colts game, but uh, we appreciate you listening. Stay tuned uh, for the second episode of this week where we talk about the Giants game as well as the Packers game preview. So thanks again for listening. Skull Vikes. Skull Vikes. Skull Vikes.